Hello and welcome inside the home office. I'm Craig D'Amico and this is the season premiere of NEC football on the run. Yowie wowie, we're back at it here in 2023, taking you on the wonderful journey from opening kick to the final gun of the 28th season of Northeast Conference football. And we start right here at week one. You know, the beginning is always a great place to start. And we begin on Thursday night with the reigning and defending NEC champion, the St. Francis Red Flash. They are on the road in Kalamazoo, Michigan to take on the Western Michigan Broncos. And then coming up a couple days later on Saturday, the remaining seven NEC teams will kick off the season with a full slate of non-conference games. Coming up here on our show, we will preview all of those week one games, both the Thursday nighter and all of the Saturday games. We'll also chat with St. Francis all-conference offensive lineman Seth Osborne. He'll be our first special guest of the season. But to get things started, let's get you caught up to speed with all of the uh, off-season comings and goings. It's the top headlines. It's time for the pick six. And we start with story number one, and we go back to where we left you off in our final episode from last year, the 2022 season. What a year it was for NEC football, the St. Francis Red Flash going a perfect 7-0 and in league play, defeating Merrimack 52-23 to in that winner-take-all showdown uh, for the league title in that finale, the final Saturday of the regular season, just before Thanksgiving last November. The Red Flash becoming the ninth team in NEC history to run the table and go undefeated, defeating conference opponents last year by a whopping average of 28 points as they secured their second title in program history, the first coming back in 2016. Now, they would go on to fall to Delaware in the FCS playoffs 56-17, to bringing their season to a close and bringing the NEC football season to a close. But what a year it was for the Red Flash. They literally rewrote the record books. Cole Doyle leading the way at quarterback. He won the Offensive Player of the Year with 21 touchdown passes. And one of the things, thinking back to last year, that I thought was the most interesting and, and gives you something to think about going into this season is that the two quarterbacks who ended up playing for the NEC championship in that finale, St. Francis Merrimack, you look at those two quarterbacks, Cole Doyle for the red flash and Gavin McCusker for the warriors. They weren't their respective team starters on opening day week one last year. They stepped up along the way, eventually led their team on big runs. You can even throw LIU's Lucas Danzani in there as well, who came in and won the final four games of the season for the Sharks. You know, we did a stat chat about this last year, quarterbacks who did not start on week one opening day last year. And it turns out they had a pretty outstanding record over the course of the 2022 season. So, you know, winning those preseason camp quarterback battles, and we had a couple of those this year in the Northeast Conference, uh, you know, winning the preseason battle, that's great. But, you know, I think one of the things that we learned maybe coming out of last year is that, you know, starting is great, but, you know, finishing and, and coming on towards the end of the season might be a little bit better. We saw that last year and, you know, at least gives you something to think about going into this season. Now, story number two, the Red Flash are coming into this season looking to repeat. And that's exactly what the coaches forecasted will happen as revealed on NEC Media Day, which took place at MetLife Stadium back on July 19th. Not that the coaches actually 
know the future. As Ted Lasso said, sports would be a whole lot less fun if we already knew what was going to happen. So I don't think the coaches actually know the future, but they did predict the red flash to lead the way in first place. Five first place votes for SFU. Merrimack second in the preseason poll with one first place vote. Remember, Merrimack this year is now eligible to make the FCS playoffs should they earn the league's automatic bid. They were not eligible last year when they started 6-0 and and played SFU in that finale. Had they won that championship game, SFU still would have gone to the FCS playoffs. So big, big year, a lot on the line. For Merrimack. Now, Duquesne and Sacred Heart, they are tied in the preseason poll for third place. LIU is <laughs> their fifth, uh, but they did earn a, a first place vote. And, you know, which is uh, interesting. I did a little chuckle there because, you know, next to SFU, LIU was the hottest team at the end of last year, winning four straight. And, you know, after SFU lost that playoff game, LIU has the longest active win streak right now in the NEC. So, I, I I don't know how they got to fifth. Uh, we'll talk more about that coming up later in the show. Uh, Central Stonehill, they're tied for sixth, and Wagner stands at eighth. Now, the preseason all-conference teams were also announced at Media Day, and they do feature some familiar faces, including former guest of ours here on the show, Cole Doyle from SFU, Jermaine Corbett from Stonehill, Malik Grant running back from Sacred Heart, all showed up here on the show last year and were all named to the all-conference preseason team. And, you know, when you add up all those preseason honors, you might be a little surprised, and I think the coaches would be stunned that LIU, despite being picked fifth, they led all teams with six players on the all-conference team. So the team that had the most all-conference players was picked fifth. Okay. Um, but the I think the separation was LIU had two players on special teams. And, and you know, that's a phase of the game that it might be a little uh, easy to forget. You can't forget about special teams. You got offense, defense, LIU special teams with kicker Michael Comey, who was 14 for 19, 47-yard field goal long last year. The 14 field goals, one shy of a single-year program record. And they returned to Devon Wells, who average 20 yards per kick return, nearly eight yards per punt return. You know, those special teams could be something that separates LIU from everybody else this year, that veterans special teams unit. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, that might be something that might've been a little overlooked when the coaches were voting uh, in the, in the preseason poll, but uh great job for, for LIU and for all of the preseason honorees. Uh, now they just have to, you know, make, make things happen during the the actual season to live up to those uh, preseason uh, picks. But uh, if you did happen to miss media day, it is not too late to check it out to get ready for the new season. You can watch the replay on demand on NEC front row. Now on August 9th, as we go into story number three, the NEC made an exciting announcement revealing the five game TV schedule for the upcoming 2023 season there will be three games on espn plus and for the first time ever you're going to get two games on the cbs sports network there'll be a pair of thursday night football games on cbs sports network coming up in october that mark the nec's first ever nationally televised linear football games that's big time there have been you know if you've been following there have been several basketball games available on cssn over the last couple of seasons but this is the first time nec football is being offered direct to your living room so uh you know we know the league the players the coaches they're all fans uh and and certainly excited for this opportunity to be showcased the schedule starts on uh october the 7th with the bay state battle stonehill merrimack that's on espn plus 
Thursday the 12th, that's the first CBS Sports Network game on Thursday night featuring SFU, the reigning champs, taking on Wagner. Two weeks later, Thursday, October 26th, LIU meets Central Connecticut on CBS Sports Network. And then we have Duquesne meeting Sacred Heart two days later on ESPN+. Plus. And over the final two weeks, there will be one more ESPN Plus broadcast, a wild card game that will be selected based on championship and FCS playoff implications. You know, just looking ahead, I, I, I don't know anything, but looking ahead to that last week of the season, you know, SFU playing Central, Duquesne playing Merrimack, two of the top contenders, at least according to the preseason poll. So those games could be possibilities for that wild card spot, but we'll wait and see as it gets closer and we get towards the, the home stretch of the run of the 2023 NEC football championship. Now, story number four, we have a new head coach in the NEC that we want to talk about. Adam Lechtenberg took over as Central's Central Connecticut State's 15th football head coach. He takes over a program that actually had a winning record in conference play last year at four and three, and they won a championship as recently as four years ago. Lechtenberg was Central's quarterback coach and co-offensive coordinator back in 2010 and 2011, and he comes over after a stint at the University of Central Oklahoma, where he was a co-offensive coordinator and quarterback coach. And, you know, back at media day, he was talking about the offense, you know, what kind of offense are you going to bring to the table? And he talked about being hard nosed, tough, physical balance, protecting the ball. Well, which is going to be huge because central last year was minus five in the turnover differential next to last in the league. So we're looking forward to seeing uh Lechtenberg and the, and the blue devils, if they can turn it around, what they can do coming up this season. Uh, we don't have to wait long. Their first conference game is next week against Stonehill. And uh, we mentioned that they'll get a CBS sports network game in October coming up uh, on their home turf against LIU. So we look forward to seeing some big things from the blue devils under their new coach this season. Going to story number five, we look at some of the NEC football alumni who took their talents to the next level, spending their summer in NFL camps. You have former Wagner offensive lineman and hoopster Greg Sanat, who is looking to bounce back from an injury in 2022, and he was hard knocking it up with the Jets in camp this year. Former Duquesne Dukes uh, long snapper Kuntz uh, was uh, with the Pittsburgh Steelers. James Nyamwaya uh, had five and a half sacks last year for Merrimack. This year, he got a tryout in camp with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Former Sacred Art running back Julius Chestnut, I mean, he he really made a splash in the preseason last year. He ended up being active for six games with the Tennessee Titans. This year, he led Tennessee with 29 carries for 174 yards and a touchdown in three preseason games. Former Wagner defensive lineman Chris Williams spent camp with Kansas City after three years with the Colts. Former Sacred Heart offensive lineman Josh Sokol was impressive in camp with the Minnesota Vikings. He was on the Vikings practice squad last year. Former Wagner linebacker Cam Gill spent the summer with Tampa Bay and two-time NEC Defensive Player of the Year Wagner's Titus Leo was drafted uh, in the sixth round to the Indianapolis Colts, becoming the highest Wagner player ever selected in the draft. So great to see NEC players showing up and showing out at the next level. And we look forward to continue following their professional journeys. And finally, story number six, one of the greatest stories of the summer was the viral moment of LIU tight end Reese Dykstra earning a scholarship. Now to set the scene for you, it was back on uh, August the 16th, LIU players got called to a team meeting to discuss the code of conduct. You know, one of those, you know, boring meetings where they sit you and like, Hey, he can do this. Can't do that. You know, all, all that. Well, during the meeting, head coach Ron Cooper pulled out a phone, uh, had Reese's mom, Kim on FaceTime uh, out of nowhere and announces that 
There's no more bills. We're paying for school with a full scholarship. Meeting room explodes, goes nuts. Players mob them. It was a great setup, a great moment. Uh, the clip earned over 69,000 views on social media, and uh, it's going to be shared this season on College Game Day during an upcoming episode where they show a package of players from around the country earning scholarships in similar candid camera fashion. Great stuff. That are the top headlines for the uh, for the off season. You're now all caught up to speed. We now look ahead to the upcoming 2023 season, and we start with our first interview of the year. We welcome in SFU All NEC Offensive Lineman Seth Osborne. It's now time to welcome in our first guest of the brand new season. He's a first-team all-conference offensive lineman from last year. He's a preseason all-conference offensive lineman this year from the reigning and defending NEC champion St. Francis Red Flash. We welcome in Seth Osborne. Seth, welcome to the show. Thank you. Now, last year, you guys were the last team playing. Now you're the first team playing, kicking off the season Thursday night in Kalamazoo, Michigan. So, you know, in leading up to this kickoff game, what maybe has been the best part of camp and maybe what's been the not so best part of the camp, some of the things the coaches put you guys through to get ready? I think the best part of camp is really just getting to be back out there with all my teammates. And, you know, we got a lot of returning linemen. So just going out there and having fun with my friends every day. Now, probably the most challenging thing about camp was uh, uh, just kind of, I guess I'd say the up-downs. We've been doing some up-downs <laughs> this year. Not the best for linemen. Especially those veteran offensive linemen, as you were, you were talking yeah. about. Um, so, so let's go way back in time. You know, as a youngster, how was it that you you fell in love with football? And then how was it that you got into the offensive line position? Uh, when I was in high school, I – I really started playing football in high school and I actually started out as a tight end. Wow. So, and I just, I don't know. I just loved going in and working out every day and getting to be out there. I just really enjoyed it. And then I think my sophomore year I was playing tight end on JV. And then all of a sudden one of the older tackles on varsity got hurt. So they threw me in and played tackle and I've been stuck O-line ever since. Do, do, do you do you enjoy the the grind? I guess the the fight in the trenches. You you enjoy all that stuff. Yeah, it's a grind, but I do enjoy it. It's really satisfying to see all that hard work pay off. Now, you know, I, I was always wondering because I, I I'll never know, and I don't know that I want to know. But when you're in the trenches in that battle between offensive line, defensive line, what what's the communication like? Is it just like a lot of grunting? Do you say, "Hey, how's it going"? Do you, you tell jokes? What, what what are you guys talking about over there? Uh, I guess it depends person to person. You know, some of our linemen don't like to talk at all during games. Some people don't want to stop talking. I kind of just, you know, enjoy myself while I'm out there. You know, crack jokes where you can. And when it's time to get serious, you get serious and just keep on grinding it out. I always say, like, if, if you're lining up and you tell your, the defensive guy across from you a joke, you might throw him off his rhythm a little bit. He might, what the yeah, heck is this guy about, right? Yeah. <laughs> Now, go, going back to last year, as you mentioned, you guys won it all a season ago, got to represent the league in the FCS playoffs. So what were some of your top memories from that run a year ago? Uh, some of my top memories would be, I don't know, just really changing our, our whole culture from what we used to be. You know, the year before we were, the last two years, I believe, we were pretty close to winning the championship. And we just couldn't pull it together. So coming out and just really showing how, Everything finally connected was really awesome for me. Just seeing that change from year to year is great. 
And one of the great, uh, I don't know, it was a surprise, but one of the great parts of last year was the emergence of your quarterback, Cole Doyle. So what's it like to, to block for him and to work with him? It's great. He's a great guy. We were all good friends back there. So we enjoy blocking for him. You know, he makes us, keeps us in check and we'll all just work together. One of our favorite guests. He's been on the show a couple of times last yeah. year. Now in, in practice, as you mentioned, you know, over the last month or so, you've been going up against that defense. So what about the SFU defense this year? How, what, what impresses you most about them? Their work ethic is crazy. You know, Coach Lewis is always coming up with something new, something to give us challenging looks during practice. Yeah, it's it's interesting. You see a lot of different stuff with that defense. So you're never bored going against them. And then looking ahead to this this opener, you know, last year you had quite the effort at Akron in the opener going to overtime. So, you know, Western Michigan Thursday night, what, what might be a key or two to look out for? What are you guys looking for uh, in that opener? Yeah, they have, a, they have a lot of new players coming in. So when we get there, it's going to be a lot of figure it out on the fly, trying to figure out who's the replacement for whatever they had on film last year. And it's just going to be a great challenge going up there. And then they're doing the same with you guys, I guess, right? Yep. So it goes yeah, both ways. Not, so. <laughs> all right. We've reached the final five. These are rapid fire questions. So just give us the first thing that comes to mind. All right. All right. All right. Favorite color. Blue. Not red. <laughs> no, not red. My favorite okay. color is blue. Okay. Um, so what is your favorite when you're not, you know, on the, on the diet and it's a cheat day, what's your favorite snack or junk food? Well, um, I'm not really worrying about my food, I guess. You know, my roommate really likes to cook. He makes this dish called adobo. Wow. Yep. Really good. If you can look into it. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, what was the best thing that you did during your summer break? Um, during my summer break, I guess what might not necessarily been the summer yet, but Right after our spring ball ended, I actually got engaged. Congratulations. Thank Here you. Here we go. So is this, that, 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 that's another thing added on to the season that you have to think about yep. <laughs> a lot of preparation and all that. A lot of preparation. <laughs> how, how, what would be a word or, or phrase that your teammates might use to describe you if we surveyed them? Um, Surveyed them, I guess. I hope they think I'm smart, know what I'm doing. That would be a great one. And then finally, what is the key to another SFU championship season in 2023? So the key to another championship season would just be to continue building on our culture. You know, always got to be working harder and always got to be thinking next play. Always come in with great attitude and effort. Awesome, Seth. We look forward to a great season. It all starts Thursday night in Kalamazoo, Michigan. We appreciate you joining us and best of luck this year. Thank you. It's time now for our first stat chat of the year. And we look ahead to openers. You know, during the previous 13 seasons of the Northeast Conference that has had an automatic bid and a fast track to the FCS playoffs. That's since the start of the 2010 season. The league's eventual representative into the FCS playoffs, they've had a five and eight record in their season opener. So more often than not, Falling in a tough non-conference game in week one, not necessarily indicative of how you finish in the league. In fact, you know, those tough tests can help you help prepare you to be a stronger team for league play. At least 
that, that that's what the coaches are hoping for. So, you know, you look at last year, SFU, they fell in overtime in their opener to Akron and that kind of propelled them the rest of the way. Uh, but you look at the year before sacred heart shut out Bucknell 21, nothing in their opener, and they would go on to win the league title. And that was the most recent occasion of an eventual league champion an eventual league representative starting their championship campaign off at one and oh so that was this week's stat chat now for more on those nec opening weekend games let's take a look at what's coming up on tap all eight teams are in action this week kicking off their season starting on thursday night with the St. Francis Red Flash in Kalamazoo, Michigan, taking on the Western Michigan Broncos. The game will kick off at 7 p.m. on ESPN+. It's the first ever meeting between these two schools. And as we mentioned, SFU took Akron to overtime on the opening Thursday last year, falling on an interception in the end zone right at the end. Western Michigan, they are in their first year under a new head coach. And as you heard Seth talk about, uh, you know, we, we don't really know that much about them. It's a new coach, a lot of new players. So trying to watch all the tape we can, but Western Michigan's in the same boat. <laughs> SFU is a lot of new players. So uh, Western Michigan is scrambling and try to scout out SFU. So it kind of goes on both sides should make for an interesting opener. Um, by the way, Western Michigan is facing their first NEC opponent since the 2017 season. So that's Thursday night to whet your appetite, kick things off, get our first look at the reigning champions in action. But then on the first full college football Saturday, just two days later, the rest of the NEC teams will get in on the party. Stonehill will be hosting New Hampshire, a team that is just outside the top 10 of the FCS preseason coaches poll uh, to prep for uh, the, the Skyhawks are prepping for their conference opener, which is the following week against Central Connecticut. So facing a close to top 10 team in the country to get ready for your conference opener, pretty good way to prep for that. Um, a little bit of a different start this year for Stonehill compared to last year in their first D1 season. Remember last year they had all those bye weeks and they were playing D2 teams. This is like night and day. This year they jump right into it, facing a heavy hitter. And then right after that, they have their first conference game. So uh, interesting start to the season for Stonehill. But they do have some familiar faces. Jermaine Corbett, nine touchdowns last year. Uh, Asher Karaha, quarterback, uh, back for another run on offense. So we'll see what type of start Stonehill gets off to as they enter year two of D1 play. Central Connecticut will be hosting American International, their first game under their new head coach, Adam Lechtenberg. Duquesne will host Edinburgh at Rooney Field. Wagner will open on the road against Fordham. The Rams came away with a 48-31 to 31 win in last year's opener atop Grimes Hill, a game that, if you loved offense, this was the game for you. That game featured a combined over 800 yards and 79 combined points, a lot of big plays in that one. We'll see what they bring to the table this year. But two games you wanted to feature on this week one slate. First, LIU visiting Ohio for a noon kick Saturday on ESPN+. Plus. As we mentioned last year, no team finished hotter then LIU, you had Lucas Stanzani stepping in and with the, the magic of that mustache, he led the Sharks to win four in a row to finish the season. They have all the momentum in the world going into year two under Ron Cooper. They have those that four-game win streak. Mix that with that warm and fuzzy viral moment with Reese Dykstra earning his scholarship that we mentioned earlier, the league high six preseason all-conference selections, perhaps the best special teams unit 
in the league and even some preseason national recognition for tight end Owen Glasgow and uh, defensive end Eric O'Neill, who were the LIU's representatives we spoke with back at Media Day. Lots to like about the Sharks this year, unless, of course, you ask the NEC coaches who for some reason picked them fifth. But remember, Duquesne, they defeated Ohio 28 to 26 two years ago in September 21, uh, 2021. So, um, sure Ohio has that in mind facing another NEC school but uh it, it's not unprecedented for an NEC school to make a big splash to start a season with a win over Ohio so we'll see how the Sharks fare this time around coming up on Saturday afternoon and you know the other game we want to feature last year's runner-up the Merrimack Warriors who this year are eligible for the FCS playoffs if they can make it this year they begin their quest against a familiar non-conference opponent in Holy Cross. Now this one, this is the rubber match. They met in 2021 with Merrimack winning at Holy Cross 35 to 21. Then they met last year. The Crusaders issued a receipt on the Warriors home field with a 31 17 win. So it's, it's one-to-one and now they open the season against each other once again. And this one is the tiebreaker 2 PM kick ESPN plus from Worcester, Massachusetts. Now a little Difference though, the Crusaders were picked as the preseason number five team in the country in the FCS preseason coaches poll. So not only would this be a big win for the Warriors, this would be a monumental win for for Merrimack if they can upset the number five team in the country. But again, they did it two years ago. So we'll see what happens in this opener. And that'll just about do it for this opening episode of NEC football on the run. Of course, we will be back next week to recap all eight of those NEC games during this upcoming Labor Day weekend. And of course, we'll preview the first conference game of the season coming up on September 9th between Stonehill and Central Connecticut State. So until next week, enjoy the games, everyone. I'm Craig D'Amico, and this has been NEC Football on the Run.